The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from the singing towers of Derillium, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who, Podshock, episode 335. And this is Louis Trapani. And I always say this, I always introduce myself first now because <laughs> I got into the habit of introducing everyone else and forgetting myself. But um, So let's, uh, let's not forget everyone else now and let's go across the, the little pond that we call the Atlantic and uh, introduce Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Hi, Lewis. It's good to be here. And uh, by the way, that little bag that we've got on the table side there, just ignore it. If you hear any noises coming from it, just ignore it. <laughs> Nothing suspicious there. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. All right. Um, I'll get a head up on that. And <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, scoot over back to the U.S. across that pond once again. And joining us um, is also Mr. Lee Shackelford. Hello, Lee. Hey, how are you? Good to have you back. Thank you, sir. And uh, also on this side of the Atlantic is joining us once again is Mr. Kyle Jones. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. And whenever you're listening, let me say I have missed you guys. Yes. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, so um, I, I should let everyone know that we had a, a well, we had a little hiatus ourselves. Uh, some um, I had to replace a mixer here, and I had to uh, get this all set up. And then um, with my schedule, it was just um, that also impeded um, a, us getting together and recording sooner. But that's um, hopefully we can get on a regular basis once again. And once we tackle the news, we'll have plenty of. A time ahead of us for this year, apparently, to uh, to tackle a lot of um, stuff that we might may have missed in the past, and we'll get in on that in the news. Um, but I, th oh, and the other point is, um, well, I guess we'll talk about this later as well. Is just that we are currently um, the Doctor Who Pachak public call box is also on hiatus. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking that maybe we should have went with uh, the intro about um, the year that wasn't. Well, no, that's we'll, we'll talk about that um, next year, as Lee said, uh, speaking of the past year. But um, yeah, so the high, the, we're, we're, gonna, we're sourcing out a new uh, service for our call box, but we still want to hear your feedback. And you can always email it to us at feedback at podshock.net. And since it's a pod, since it's an audio podcast, um, audio feedback is best. But we'll take whatever you have for us. You could even uh, tie it to um, to a pigeon. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it might work better. Uh, uh, compared to our, our um, phone service that we were using previously. Okay. So let's, um, I guess we'll go into, um, unless there's anything else, we'll go into our news. And welcome to the news. (laughs) All right. That's it for the news. That's it for the news. And now, General Franco. No. (laughs) Still dead. Still dead. All right. So, um, I suppose we ought to do the dead news first, then. Well, if you like, since um, we could tackle that first, since um, since in the past sometimes we we end off on that and it's a downer. So yeah. So so, um, why don't you tackle that, Dave? Well, I will indeed. Yes, um, sadly, another one of the Doctor Who alumni actors dies uh, died at the age of eighty four. That's uh, John. Uh, Rollison, and that's John spelt like John Pertwee, just J-O-N. Best known in Doctor Who for playing Harold Chorley, the television journalist uh, from the underground, London Underground story uh, from 1968, The Web of Fear, which of course we we covered in a past podshock, uh, known of course for uh, us seeing Lethbridge Steward their Colonel Lethbridge Stewart at the time, I think he was. But um, this uh, gentleman passed away on the 20th of February, although .whonews.net has the article about it uh, dated the 23rd. Um, he, um, he got his first television role in uh, Children of the New Forest in 1962. He was in The Avengers. Uh, he had recurring roles in things like Zed Cars and Softly Softly. Uh, and even Coronation Street. He even wrote a couple of episodes. He was a, a scriptwriter as well. Uh, a couple of episodes of Crossroads and um, a couple of other things. So, uh, again, although 84 may be considered a, a reasonably good age, it's still always sad that, that we lose these people. Uh, and in a, in, a, in a sort of sad connection to that, it's only um, a few days now past that... Um, uh, Nicholas Courtney himself, who was in that uh, episode and that was his first appearance, uh, had died on the 22nd of February uh, 2011. So just over five years since we lost Nick Courtney. I should say, uh, we should clarify that was his first appearance as the Brigadier. The Brigadier, yeah. Brush to it. Yeah. Because uh, he did appear sad- previously in Doctor Who, but not as a different character. And sadly, the, the episode in which he made his first appearance in that... Uh, was the one that uh, got away as it was. It was the um, picture that, because that was one of the, uh, the the episodes people want. I think it was episode three, was it? Uh, that he was... Uh, they had to do with screen caps for that one. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. We, and we still haven't found a whole copy of that episode, Yeti. Yeti. Oh, oh no pun intended. Did he say Jetty? No, he said Yeti. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I remember making a comment when we were reviewing Web of Fear that about the rep- about the television reporter because he was there as a television reporter, but he only had a like if I recall correctly, just an audio recorder with him. I'm like, well, shouldn't he have like a, a TV crew or at least a a movie camera or something? <laughs> he was he was the brigadier in disguise. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Uh, Time traveling. Like- 
Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. Oh, sad, of course, uh, but uh, certainly things have, have, have brightened off from the very, very poor start out of this year where lots of different uh, people seem to be passing, famous musicians and actors, and uh, it was a tragic start to the year. Yes, it was, mm-hmm. yeah. So still recovering from the loss of... Uh, I was still trying to... Uh, just the shock of it, of, you know, losing David Bowie, being that a big Bowie fan here, and not knowing, you know, that he was ill at all. And mm. All right, well, um, we still have the, the legacy of work. Um, you know, that's the, that's the only caveat, good caveat of those that have been a Doctor Who is that at least their work will... And, and, and this is one of the stories, you know, it's not fully recovered, but at least it's partially recovered. And, um, you know, so people can still appreciate his work that he did on Doctor Who and elsewhere. Elsewhere. Indeed. Well, okay. When you said the sad news, I really thought you were going to say Stephen Moffat's leaving the series. And and then we were going to have an argument about whether or not that's sad news. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that that actually was the first news story, but then we decided since... Um, sure. Um, you know, we, we were, <laughs> like I said, in the past, we, we ended in um, obituaries, so I figured let's, let's not end in a... Um, sour note. It's just a little maudlin. Yeah. <laughs> but that brings us to the next story, yes. which is, um, as oh, you said, you, you let the cat out of the bag. Well, I, mm-hmm. and anyone listening now probably knows already, unless you, you know, you're on living on Gallifrey, um, that Stephen Moffat has, um, you know, is going to be stepping down as showrunner, as um, executive producer, and I, I guess lead writer, and. Um, being stepping in his shoes is Chris um, Chibnall, who's um, probably known. For, well, he's done Doctor Who work, but he's probably known for, for for others uh, for his uh, um, work as a creator of uh, Broadchurch, which um, I'm not. I, I know of it, but I've never seen it. But um, I've obviously have seen his Doctor Who material, and he wrote most of Torchwood. As well, so yeah, he saw, he did a lot of torchwood torchwood work yeah. as well. Yeah, including several of my very favorites. Um, yeah, I had not uh, seen um, Broadchurch at all either. And then when this announcement was made, I made a point of um, binging mm-hmm. season one and just found it enthralling, just entrancing. So now I'm uh, more um, up about uh, Chris Chibnall being the showrunner as you know, even than I was before. So. Um, I think, I hope, he's going to bring something uh, really wonderful to this. But uh, I, I only learned today, though, that, that Stephen Moffat is still going to be the show, showrunner of the next season. Yes, no, 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 yes. I think they announced that. The, I think the, the, the query we had was whether he was going to do the Christmas special, mm-hmm. uh, whether he was going, cause he's doing this Christmas special, 12 episodes, and probably the Christmas in... Uh, 17, so he's, he's almost got 14 episodes, hasn't he? Right. Uh, in fact, um, the, the tweet that I saw said that at his OBE ceremony, which I guess is news too, um, he he said that he's still got 14 Doctor Who's to do. Which, right. would, in, which would include next Christmas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. see, because like Lee, I, I initially was thinking that he was leaving after the Chris, this Christmas special. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's going to be so. doing the 2017 series, and then 
possibly the Christmas special of that year, and then he's stepping off. So that means that we will not actually see any of Chibnall's work until 2018. Correct. Unless he, yeah, unless he, he writes this year. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Which is yeah, sure. which is possible, you know, where he might want to have, you know, a say in the transition. Sure. Because that's the other thing was that, um, and I don't think it's nothing that's officially been announced, but there's rumored that, um, or he may have mentioned on another show or another interview that, um, you know, that um, Peter... Um, Capaldi. Peter Capaldi was going to be stepping off the role at, with, you know, stepping off with with Stephen Moffat, mm. thinking that um, Chris Chibnall should, you know, should be able to, you know, sh- should have a new doctor and uh, start with a clean slate type of thing. So do you guys agree with that? I mean, I would like to see Peter continue, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it, of course, it's up to him if he wants to or, or not. I mean, now that there's a year hiatus, well, we're going to get into that in, in the, as the next news story, but <laughs> it's, there's going to be a year without Doctor Who, so like the year without Santa Claus. Um, and then, uh, um, so it's essentially he's he's committed to the role for two years now, even though we only gonna get one more year. Right. So by that time, because he's gotten two seasons now, so it would be three seasons, three, if you will, call them seasons or years or series. And then that, that gap year, he would um, be in the role for four years at that time. Yeah, I mean, I don't see Paul to go, but 14 more episodes, you've got to feel as though um, that may be due time for a, for a replacement. Um, but it also brings into question about whether, um, I mean, do we have to go back to Christmas Invasion when a, a new Doctor was introduced at a Christmas thing with David Tennant? Um, so um, the, 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 the thing is, this um, it, it also means it puts a slight time on as well whoever's cast as the new companion after um we've we've lost our current companion in terms mm-hmm. of um well it's going to be a companion <laughs> for four, four I guess episodes. We <laughs> well that that companion would be the bridge companion sort of that sort of like what um jenna coleman was with clara oswald he she started with um the 11th doctor and brought in um the 12th well, look back at Rose. She too was a brick. You know, mm-hmm. she had nine and ten. Yeah. Well, we can we can go back to Sarah Jane Smith, who started right. with John Pertwee. Mm-hmm. Right. So I suppose that's quite flexible, really, in a way. I mean, uh, what I'm thinking is is what you said about the possibility of you know uh, Christian Moore coming in. Uh, and Capaldi leaving at the same time as Stephen Moffat. Uh, so I'm, I was inferring within my own mind that that would also mean that any companion that got attached to that production com- production element, mm-hmm. a group, would probably also be phased out. That, that but, could, uh, it's, it could be a possibility too, depending on you know, the, depending on the circumstance or the situation or w- what they want to do. Indeed. Unless, unless you know, if he does, if Chris uh, Chibnall does start writing for the next series, and maybe he might write in whoever the new companion that he would want to be for the new Doctor in it, so that um, you know, it's 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 you know, 
whoever that he's chosen to work with, you know, whoever he has in mind for the doctor. Uh, the other thing is we could go back to the classic idea. Um, why, why do we have to go with a, a companion exiting and then the doctor suddenly you know, meeting another companion on another planet, hopefully another planet or somewhere. I mean, um, we've had companions where, you know, a second companion has joined a first companion. Yeah, maybe even a third companion has joined. And then one of the earlier of those companions uh, drops out, stays on a planet, marries a soldier, uh, whatever it happens to be, or goes into e-space, and... Uh, uh, the companion that's sort of so you have a, a slow transition like that yeah well uh, well uh, as we said you know we, we had many of those bridging companions in the past you know uh perry brown um sarah jane smith um probably um, no, no no i don't mean the same companion going across i'm talking about in terms of you know more of an you, ensemble you know yeah and also oh you yeah have to well, lose a companion yeah before you well can get exactly yeah so they, we could have a situation where whichever the companion that Stephen Moffat brings in... Yeah, well, sort of sort of like Legopolis, where you had, you know, a full TARDIS, as they say. Oh, I, can, I can hear the... Uh, the, the, the silence has fallen. <laughs> well, no, I, could, I could hear the... Uh, the bell, I think, chime in there a minute. I don't know. <laughs> Something was chopping away right there. Yeah, it, it could be the pipes. The heat is going on here, and the the, the pipes in the wall start. Um, the pipes are calling. <laughs> those are the that, that's the cloister bells. There's, that's there's. that's what you have to worry about when you hear that. Uh, oh, it must have been me singing, rather <laughs> All right. Well, it's um, and also in the news um, since um, it sort of all ties into this. Was this was announced? You know about Stephen Moffat stepping down and um, Chris Chibnall coming in. Um, also in that same breath of air of that announcement was news that there wasn't going to be a new series in 2060 in the year that we're in now, with the exception of the Christmas special. So that then um, that things are on hold until 2017 when the series comes back full force. So this will be um, sort of. I mean, it's, I mean, even even Tennant had one of the years, but at least he had a series of specials. Um, that was that was 2009, where it was. Um, you know, he didn't have a full series, but there was a there was like an Easter special, and then there was um, Planet of the Dead, and the yeah, Waters of Mars, and yeah. So yeah. this is the first time we have like a really, you know, a, a real child. hiatus since um, since since the series came back. You know, I just don't know if I, you know, I just don't know if I like that. I. I understand, you know, that we've got Chipnell not being available until the recording of the next uh, series of uh, Broadchurch. On the flip side, you know, at least give us more, like you said about the 2009 series, uh, give us more than just Christmas. I mean, you, you basically announced right after Christmas 2015 that we won't have another episode until Christmas 2016. And then on 
the heels of that, they take streaming away from Netflix and um, Hulu and other various U.S. Um, streaming services. So to me, this is a gamble for the BBC to do because memory is very fickle with today's viewers, or many of which. So, you know, the, to me, it's a gamble. Yeah, it's either that or maybe they're thinking absence will make the heart grow fonder or something. True. But, yeah, it's... And it's it's made worse as well because um, we, um, we we got this sort of offer of uh, option of the uh, the spin-off series class, which is probably for a younger audience anyway. But that was going to air on BBC Three here in the UK, which is all fine and dandy, except BBC Three is defunct as a as a as a standard channel now. That's moved online. Um, which which makes it less of a, you know, it's not a, a, a lot of older people would not consider that as Doctor Who on the TV because it's Doctor Who on the internet. Um, so um, that, that's slightly modified. That what it would have been nice. It would have been nice if in uh, in that break year we would have had, like you say, three or four or five specials. Or even if they'd said, right, well, we can't afford to do that, we'll we'll do um, a Christmas story, but we'll do it in three parts. You know, right. so you have, like, you mm-hmm. know, something like that, where you have three 45-minute stories linked in. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they sort of did with um, the transition of David Tennant to Matt Smith, that we had the the Christmas special, and then there was two two episodes... That was uh, New Year's, you know, that, that saw his right. regeneration. Right. Which is the only time, correct me if I'm wrong here, since 2005 that we've actually said part one, part two. Uh, yeah, pr- perhaps uh, that I can think of, yeah. It was the drums one, was, that wasn't part one and two, was it? No, I think this was the only time. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, you mean that it was actually part of the episode title? It was, right, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was you know, end of time part one, end of time part I two. I think you're right. Ooh, I love being just, right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just think that Christmas, they could have Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future, three-part story. Oh. Well, they, they already did the Dickens. Um, yeah, we're going to see. They missed I mean, their chance. Yeah. yeah. No, but but a but a jolly Halloween show, and then uh, something for Christmas, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a jolly Halloween, I yeah. love that. Yeah. The doctor goes and stays in a house or a hotel, and he goes transported to the past, then back to present day, and then into the future. Three stories in one location. Same why are sets? Exactly. Now see, why are we running the show? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, Lewis, a few minutes ago, said uh, you're without a Santa Claus, and now I'm thinking I'd really like to see the doctor take on Heat Miser and Cold. <laughs> so, well, I always saw, I, I always thought that Snow Miser uh, bore a striking resemblance to John Pertwee. <laughs> it's the hair, that's right, <laughs> <laughs> and the nose. Yeah, uh, yeah, that nose. It's true, yeah. He's too much. He's too much. Uh, you're going to start going off now. I'll be wanting uh, Sean Pertwee as the next doctor. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it would be very cool if he, you know, and I know fans and myself and we've all been, you know, hoping that at, at, at some point he might don the white wig and, um, you know, reprise the, the, the role of the third doctor and, it's, you know, fill his father's shoes and uh, for like at least an episode or two. And that would be great, you know, but I don't know. Well, by 2018, he might not need a wig. Exactly. Because yeah. if you watch Gotham, you know, his hair is, you know, it would be very easy to make him naturally just put, you know, not a wig. It wouldn't take much to make him actually gray. And actually, Pertwee in the first season mm-hmm. was, was not fully gray. That's yeah. true. It's just more salt and pepper. Right. Let's visit some of the old faces. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were promised that, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. It's in the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Speaking of companions we uh, saw coming and going, it looks like someone posted that Karen Gillan is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Well, yeah, this is uh, from Custerberus.com. Uh, it says, uh, Karen Gillan is now back in blue. Now, oh. in my, now, in my day, if they painted part of your body, your bottom of your head blue, it was because you had... Uh, an illness. <laughs> but uh, right. nowadays it means you're in a, a science fiction series or whatever. Yep. Former Doctor Who companion took to Twitter to tease her return as Thandos is it. Thandos is adopted daughter, sorry, with a simple photograph of her blue hand. Good to be back <laughs> in blue. And that was uh, tweeted on the 24th of Feb. Ah, so she, she'll she be once again playing Nebula, which is the daughter of Thanos, who mm-hmm. will be... He's uh, also blue. Yes, he's also, well, purplish blue. Yeah, he's, yeah. Cool. So That'll be cool. cool. Yeah, yes. Glad to see her still working. I, I have to say, I thought that was a weak link of Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't buy her at all. Okay. Just there's something about that 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 um, child that childlike face of hers. I just uh, I did not buy her um, attempted badassery there. I, I just I, sorry, I still have sorry to Karen. Yet to I don't see buy it. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you know, there's a new Star Wars movie too, right? I, I did see it once. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I've only seen it once, also. Yeah. But now, um, but but speaking of streaming and and um, you know, because we mentioned um, we mentioned the Amazon earlier. Someone did, Kyle. You did. Mm, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, I was just getting a, a, a text message here from from Kyle. He, I don't know if he's having a. He's he's on mute. He has a train coming through. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> just just when I refer to him, uh, that's when the train came. For some reason, I was getting some planes coming by here. I'm not sure if it's being picked up on the mic or not. But it's usually, um, 
you know, in, it was kind of surprising because um, it it's usually in the summer that they reroute the planes overhead where I am, and it's usually in the winter there's I don't really hear planes going over overhead. But for some reason, they must have knew that we were recording tonight, and they said, "Oh, let's route the planes over my house." And yeah, I I unmuted myself, so if everyone hears the trains, just just know we've got. Trains coming through, so there you, there you go. go. Okay, it's um, the mummy on the order. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that mummy's on. Uh, just before we move on, because we mentioned Karen Gillan, um, um, talking about uh, Lee saying you didn't feel as though uh, it was a suitable person. Uh, a bit of criticism has been levelled by some people in the collective about um, uh, the Rip Hunter character in Legends of Tomorrow played by Arthur Darville. Um, mm. <clears throat> Darth, of course, who comes on Podshock, says he's not really convinced with the way they've decided to go with the uh, Rip Hunter character. So, again, sometimes yeah. these things work yeah. out, sometimes they don't. I don't know whether you guys have followed that and... I have not. Yeah. No, I haven't, but I've been, I, I've been told to, to to start watching it. Yeah, it's it's good. I've watched it. I've... I'm, as we all know, big into comics, and I'm familiar with Rip Hunter. It's the, the they very cleverly put in little tidbits of, for instance, there's the Time Masters instead of the Time Lords, and he's traveling around in a ship, and all you know. So there's there's interesting things. I don't particularly like some of the things of the way Rip Hunter is acting because it's not how I pictured him in the comic as being. However, that has nothing to do with Arthur Darvold's interpretation or his acting. He's doing a good job. Just uh, And it's a good show. I mean, I've, I've very much enjoyed it. Oh, good. So you think the issues are on paper? That's- I think the issues is on, are exactly, you're right, on paper. He's he's smashing in Broadchurch. He's just he's just terrific. So that's a that's another and, reason to look at. And that other guy, that other uh, what what's his name? Uh, David Tennant, of course, is also fabulous in Broadchurch. So, yeah. yeah, in in, in Broadchurch, he he's slightly creepy, but um, I thought well, it's a bit creepy for a vicar. But of course, mm-hmm. without giving any spoilers away from Broadchurch, everybody seems to have a secret because yes. of course <clears throat> there's so many red herrings about you could uh, you know uh, and this I'm talking about the original broad church here yeah, of course see, yeah, you're one yeah well well let yeah, me say yeah. this if you think that he is creepy and uh broad church he is and I've only seen two episodes of Jessica Jones on Netflix but he <laughs> is very Creepy. Oh no! You're talking about David Tennant. David Tennant. Yes. No. no, Oh yeah. David Tennant. David Tennant was unbelievable on Jessica Jones. I mean, you you think how can such a nice man, all the ladies adore him, how can he play something where the the girls would recoil when they see some of the things he does? Actually, unbelievable on that. Well, uh, David Tennant's brief turn in the uh, the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, my wife has to look away from the screen. She can't. She can't. <laughs> it's he. He is har- horrifying as uh, in that uh, that brief moment in Harry Potter. But uh, <laughs> he, he did. Uh, David Tennant made a, a point because um, Jessica Jones is coming back for second series, and he was asked whether he's going to be in the second series. He says no. I think you can tell the way the story ended without being too spoilerish that he will not be taking part in. Uh, 
the second series of Jessica Jones. He he was there really to be a foil to 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 make her become more of a steely character because she was up against such a you know, formidable uh, opponent. And I won't say anything more than that because it uh, might be who had, sh- an, who had a. Uh, a- an affection, I say, would be a good word for the color purple. Because the, the character is based on a villain from the comics called the Purple Man. Ah. And hence, that. that's why every time you saw him, he wore purple. In the comics, the character is actually, uh, his skin is actually purple. See, now that's why we have you on. <laughs> See, there you are. I am good for something. Yeah, of course you are. Brilliant. Many things. Yeah. Woohoo! Woohoo! You should be on another podcast. You're that good. Oh, yes, I know. Wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, consider it. Think about it. Consider it. Yeah, I might think about it. Give us some serious thought. Hey, Do we talk about? Yes, yeah, we talk about Crave TV. I lost track. <laughs> well, we're we're about to. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Um, so news is that Bell Media and BBC Worldwide North America have announced a licensing agreement for Doctor Who in Canada. With uh, now, I'm, none of us here are Canadians ourselves, so not but, yet. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends after the election, perhaps. <laughs> so there's a. There's a streaming service called Crave TV, which will have exclusive streaming um, for uh, uh, Doctor Who for, for for the country of Canada. So uh, this um, we'll see series nine uh, made available this summer, and uh, the other previous um, eight of the new series we're speaking of will um, be it will be joining them be, be joining that that channel or the streaming service by the end of the year, and then. Series 10 and onwards will be made available for full season broadcast on Space, which is another Canadian channel, to my understanding. I was going to say, yeah, that should uh, help Radio Free Scar or get a few more listeners since they're Canadian-based. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but now this whole like um, reorganizing licensing agreements with Doctor Who it's, when it comes to streaming it's uh, isn't the origin of this all has to do with the um, that the BBC wants to have their own international streaming service and that's why it was pulled out of Hulu and um, Netflix or yes, yeah, that's, that's what I've heard yeah because iPlayer was originally, I think, was supposed to be that, but then it turned into just for UK subscribers. And even it did work overseas, but you still had to be a UK subscriber. When I say subscriber, anyone in the US has to you know, pay a television licensing fee. So that's what I mean by that. Yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the upsides of the downside of losing BBC3. Uh, the BBC have had to be a little bit more creative in terms of uh, you know, bringing in licence fee. Uh, they've had a few uh, because without getting political, you know, uh, with all the financial crash, uh, the subsidies that have got off the government have dropped down and more than that they've been imposed that um, in the UK people over 75 get a free TV licence uh, in other words, the the government would pay those older people's payment 
to the BBC, so the BBC didn't lose out. But now the BBC said, no, uh, you're going to have to fund that. We are not going to fund them. Uh, Those older people won't have to pay a licence, but the government won't subsidise them for that lost income. So uh, they've had uh, something like 30 million uh, saving from going BBC Three uh, online. And I think that's probably made them be a bit more creative about these international uh, BBC iPlayer. Um, they've also improved the quality of the streaming as well. Uh, they're doing a lot in the, um, the back rooms in terms of... Uh, you know, the dynamic switching of quality. It identifies what you're listening on and adjusts the quality to it. Well, I'm just hoping that it doesn't affect iTunes. Uh, that's how I get my Doctor Who. Is, uh, oh, no. Yeah, it, it would, at well, least the new, I, new Doctor Who I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I don't think so, no. no. I think they're I would, just trying to create a new revenue stream. Right, and I would think cutting off iTunes would essentially cut off yeah. Uh, another uh, revenue stream. Yeah, right. Lose. All right. Yep, I'm, I'm with you, Lewis. I, I would definitely not want to lose iTunes. Now, th- there was some sort of rumor or some sort of um, something about it because um, it was uh, – now, what, what is the current state of it with Amazon, Amazon Prime? Because there was – it was available at least the last time the, the, with the last series. Um, up until then, it was available on Amazon Prime and there was some – select classic ones not all of them but yeah and then you know um i had read that it was coming to amazon prime and then it disappeared like the tweet that they sent out saying coming in march to amazon prime doctor and doctor who was included in that so i don't know if they jumped uh to you know jumped too quick to release that information Mm -hmm. or, or what but you know, I hope in some you know fashion or form, at least somewhere in the states, people can get it for the next year. Yeah, same here. You know, I, I think accessibility is key. You know, I, one thing great, I mean, that um, you know, I'm sure Lee will remember is um, you know back in the early days here in the U.S., it was that it was so it was populated across the country on PBS stations, so it gave a lot of. Um, great exposure across um it meant that people had to go off the the main channels and go to pbs but you had opportunity to discover the series and fall in love with it and if it's not available it's just it's hard it's hard to um you know and and many fans that are just fans of the new series um just don't have the exposure to the you know it's just not unless they they take a chance and rent it or, or or stream it or whatever it's just not readily available um the older material and sometimes it's not all of it's not readily available for streaming. It's just select episodes, or I should say, select stories. Well, the stores like um, Barnes and Noble that some, that usually carry the DVDs. I'm trying to imagine being somebody who who discovered the series in 2005 or later, mm-hmm. and then coming to that vast to, to all of those DVDs, the classic series, saying, "Well, I, I think I'll buy one of these." Well, we used to get that in feedback all the time. People were inquiring, you know, uh, which, you know, what do you recommend from, you know, which are your five, you know, episodes? Gateway drug episode, we call it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, I'll go another route with it. There was a gentleman Hmm. I used to work with who uh, I had said, look, you've got to, you know, watch Doctor Who. He remembered watching it from Netflix, uh, not Netflix, PBS back years and years ago when he was a kid. 
Well, about probably four or five months ago, he called me and said, hey, you wouldn't believe what I'm watching as I work out every morning um, <laughs> uh, watching Doctor Who. Well, you know, he said, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep you up to date on where I'm at and et cetera and so forth. Well, guess what? He can't anymore. He can't stream it on Netflix. Oh, right. So, you know, that that kind of cuts off that stream of bringing in new viewers by doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's complicated. I, I just scroll back a, a little bit more on DoctorWhoNews.net and um, talking about um, the, the fact that Doctor Who is is really a, a flagship programme uh, and deserves all these outlets that we're all talking about. Uh, on Tuesday the 16th of February uh, on the music, but um, Doctor Who Series 1, Most Bought Drama. Doctor Who Series 1 has been named the most frequently bought drama in the entire 40-year history of BBC Worldwide. That's the commercial. The BBC Worldwide is the commercial arm of the BBC. Well, I had um, heard recently um, that the most popular popular overseas um, British show is actually not Doctor Who, but it's um, Keeping Up Appearances is the... um, has been um, oh, yeah, yeah, right. most sold missed, to most markets, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. This is not people buying the DVDs. This is countries buying the program from the BBC. Yeah, no, this is what I'm talking. Yeah, mo- that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, international buyers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the most purchased drama series has been named Doctor Who Series One, starring Christopher Eccleston. Like Doctor broadcast in 2005, the series has attracted 629 buyers from countries including Bahrain, Hong Kong, France, Chile, and all sorts. Gotcha. I'm looking at uh, Crave TV's website now, and I see two things of interest. One is that um, I can I can subscribe to Crave TV uh, here in the states for six dollars a month, oh. and that would give me access to um, many shows, including Doctor Who, which because it's coming from Canada, um, is uh, streaming with an option um, to watch it dubbed en français. Oh, oh. So that would be very continental, wouldn't it, to, to watch that? Also, there's a typo on their site, so it says that they're going to be steaming Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> so, that will make it very nice and clean. <laughs> I wonder, do Canada have shorter adverts as well? I mean, I don't know. I always feel as though when I hear people watching Doctor Who live, I shudder. Well, you know, they've had about four commercials ten minutes in, you know. Right. Well, that, that was a problem with BBC America is, uh, you know, f- what we heard here about from what I heard, because I, you know, I, I wasn't getting the channel at the time was that, um, you know, that they were doing, they, I mean, perhaps unintentionally, but they had spoilers in the in the commercial breaks for what was, you know, because they, they would have like maybe a little behind the scenes snippet or whatever. And they're talking about what's happening in that episode, but it hadn't happened. It hasn't been it, that part hadn't happened yet. So, um, yeah. It's best to if if you are watching it on BBC America is uh, probably the best thing to do is not to watch it live but to record it and then fast forward through those adverts and then um, you can just you know go back if, even if they have something Doctor Who related go back after the episode after you've seen it then go back and watch it. Yeah, and you can play over Karen Gillum doing the. Uh Oh yes. At the beginning. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. another thing that's exactly. <laughs> that was a Sorry, Karen. market thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, uh, no reflection on her. It was just an, an odd yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, really, Americanization. Mm-hmm. 
So the the Crave TV in Canada is not just limited to Canada. Then you can um, so it's, it's of interest to everyone. Then if they want to stream it, they can um, do it from outside of Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Which I assume is the BBC's plan ultimately with their pay per view channel. And yeah, so we'll we'll be able to. <laughs> We'll be able to plunk down some cash for that. Well, and of course, CBS is starting its channel. That's how we'll see the new Star Trek. Yeah, it's it's already so, their their, you know, their app is already out. You know the the oh. CBS app, and you can um, watch all the CBS content, but you have to pay a subscription fee. I don't don't recall what it is, but you have to pay for it. So the 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 vehicle is there. The the venue is there. It's just um, now they they're coming up with new programming to entice people to. Um, you know, exclusive, I should say, exclusive programming to um, for it. Yeah. You're, the days of traditional over-the-air television are changing. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's going to round up the news. That's the news. All right. That's the news. And I'm Lewis, and we just need Huey, and then we'll have Huey, Lewis, <laughs> and the news. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Hooey. <laughs> Hooey. <laughs> Hooey. Doctor Hooey. Doctor Hooey. All right. Well, we'll be right back after this short break. Hi, this is Fraser Hines, and you're listening to a Doctor Who Podshock. Hi, this is Lee Shackelford reminding you that Doctor Who Podshock is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible. Just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 150,000 titles. Let me say that again. 150,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook in it. And these files play on iPhones. Kindles, iPads, any smartphone. In fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Dr. Who Ponchak, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. You can choose anything at all from that vast library, but we know you'll want to get one of their delicious Dr. Who titles. They're performed for you by actors you know and love, wonderful voices, uh, Tom Baker, Paul McGann, David Tennant, on and on it goes. Try it out for 30 days, and if at the end of that month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So, let me put it this way. Free Doctor Who book, right? So, here's how to get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash podjock. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash podjock. Pick your free book. You're going to love it. And we're back with Doctor Who Pachak once again. Um, joining me here on this lovely show is Lee, Lee Shackerford, Kyle Jones, and Dave Cooper. And we're talking Doctor Who. And one of the things we're going to be talking about now is... Um, the missing episodes. And no, we're not talking about the infamous lost episodes of Doctor Who scattered throughout time and space and uh, the BBC vaults uh, emptied as they are or re-recorded as they may. 
we're talking about the the missing episodes we didn't get to review in our 2015 series review of um, just recently. So the, we were trying to get them out, and between my um, my new work schedule, it wasn't being. I, we couldn't do live shows every Sunday as we did in the past. So um, there were a few that we missed, and namely, it was uh, three stories. Um, Two of them had two episodes, and one is the Christmas special, which is just the one episode, but um, extended length, I guess. So there's uh, there was the girl who died, the woman who lived. That was one story there. And then the next story is the, the Zygon invasion slash the Zygon inversion. And then the last um, was the Christmas special, most recently, is the Husbands of River Song. So what we decided to do is a sort of a, just a, a catch-up or a recap on these instead of doing a full review on each, though I think in time we will dedicate, you know, a proper, you know, quote, proper, unquote, review of, um, of the story so that they're not, you know, just brushed over. Well, we'll have to do that last one soon because this bag on the table, which I'm not saying what's in it, <laughs> but it might start to get a bit ranked by then. So. Yeah, well, thanks for the heads up on that. <laughs> But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> That's right. All right. So um, I have to say, out of the three, um, the one the, the the one standout story for me would be the middle one, the, the Zygon invasion and the Zygon inversion. I I probably of the three I enjoyed the most. Um, not to say that the others, you know, were horrible, but. Um, I, I, again, I'm I'm not going to any details here since it's been a while since I, I've, I've seen them because then I didn't get a chance to re, you know view five episodes before this recording rewatch I, I should say um, but the um, jumping to the husbands of River song um, you know I love the return of River song I always enjoy her character that character in it but the the rest of the story I wasn't so compelled with so I you know I did enjoy um you know Alex Kingston being back and um, and the character, but it's just I didn't really I wasn't really captured by the the stories. You know as far as the, the, the which I don't know probably was just a vehicle really just to bring her back. But um, I mean not, not that it was horrible, well, just not to yeah. bring her back to bring her story full circle. Yes, yes, because right. it it does does do that. Yes, which was interesting. Yeah, I would agree, you know, and I would agree with everything you just said about, um, you know, about that particular episode with the Husbands of River Song. My thing was seeing River, you know, everybody knows I'm a big River Song fan and seeing her again was, Mm -hmm. you know, like Merry Christmas to me kind of thing. But but you could have taken her and Capaldi and still had the back and forth and replaced with any other scenario, any other story, and it would have still been enjoyable. So to me, the story for me was the interaction between the two of Mm -hmm. them, not all the other stuff going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I echo that entirely. Uh, You could also say that about the girl who died and the woman who lived, Uh, whether it was Vikings or uh, Highwaymen, those parts of the story didn't really matter. It was it was the ongoing saga of uh, a shoulder, really. But um, I would agree wholeheartedly again with Lewis about the Zygon invasion, Zygon inversion, because it was the acting chops of our lead doctor and companion. Uh, they reprised it so beautifully. Uh, I'm thinking about the scene with the two boxes, particularly the the um, the the, the 
It was just out now, shining out the screen with just so much. And quite political in a way. I mean, uh, uh, in Series 9, there's been quite a few uh, political digs gone to the establishment, uh, to uh, the BBC. Uh, well, you could argue through the writer, but um, the Saigon invasion uh, inversion, yes, I, um, that that is a real two-parter. I mean, you, you could... Um, Watch that back-to-back with ease. Which saw the return of um, Osgood, which we, you know, we knew she was coming back. We didn't know what form. And, um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was very well done how they addressed or not addressed or addressed or back and forth of who came back. The end, yeah. Yes, and that was exactly what I was hoping would happen. Mm-hmm. So I was very pleased about that. Yeah. And also saw the return of uh, Gemma Redgrave as Kate Stewart, you know, the, um, daughter of for Lef- for a minute. I mean, her, her oh, she, she appeared in this only slightly <laughs> longer than Mark Hamill's in Force Awakens. But <laughs> spoilers! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoilers! Uh, but there she is. You know, I, I'm on the TARDIS wiki right now, looking at reading the the capsule, the description for. Uh, the woman who lived and the girl who died and the woman who lived and I'm realizing I really do need to go back and watch this again. I, it really it's, didn't, uh, it didn't stick with me. It mm-hmm. These plot points are, yeah. I'm just reading it saying, really? <laughs> Is that uh, what happened? Uh, and what I liked uh, with, uh, with Clara, I mean, uh, Jenna Coleman, I think has been a fabulous actress. I know there's some people, uh, the impossible nature of her, uh, Storylines that, that have gone through, and and again, I'm not that keen on that. But as an actress, I am in total admiration of her, and the way she she was playing herself as the Zygon body. Mm. Uh, I mean, we shouldn't say too much because hopefully, as you said, the whole point here is we're going to revisit these and right. uh, and cover them properly. But yeah, yeah, uh, we're also assuming that everyone's listening has seen them all, so. Um, or should I do the... Yeah. Spoilers. Oh, better late than that. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. Well, you get, the, you get the idea. Well, Kyle enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> a, little more, a little more Alex. But it, it's, it's interesting. That I'm, I'm remembering moments instead of um, plot line. But uh, one, one thing that uh, I think is worth saying about the girl who died is that I, I one of my favorite things of this whole season with the doctor trying to uh, bluff the Vikings by claiming to be Odin and then being interrupted by Odin. <laughs> you know, and, and one thing that we keep forgetting that I had forgotten until just now is in the girl who died is when we get the explanation of the face. That's right. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we finally have some um, uh, a, a canonical explanation that this happens to Time Lords that they uh, they can imprint on certain mm-hmm. faces. Although you know, Romana had said that more or less earlier that at least she was able to sort of pick who she wanted to look like. But, yeah, that's right. Because you know, the second Romana we should specify was. Um, you know, Lala Ward, the actress, was already in Doctor Who. Yeah. Princess Astra. Yeah. Well, well, not these episodes that you, you've just listed, but in season nine, of course, we also had the uh, the, the thing about a, a Time Lord, uh, a female Time Lord, 
being shot and regenerating into a male one. Oh, no, for true. a male, sorry, well, male one, yeah. regenerate into a female one. We, right. Uh, um, and we know that this has happened sort of off camera with the master as well. So well, we right. actually, yeah, yeah. And so and then we, yeah. No, then so face just, the raven. We actually see it on screen. Right. So I so, suppose if we're doing all three, we ought well, to do them in some sort of order. <laughs> oh, I thought we'd just mix them all up together and oh, right, yeah. give, give it a big stir and see what ah! happens. Actually, to be honest, it wasn't face the rate. It was, I think, it was hellbent or yeah, it's, it's yeah, hellbent. It, it, it was but, the last one. Hell but yeah. but they go back to the, the setting of face the raven. They go back to that. That's right. But um, and yeah. I've heard many fans speculate, you know, that this is that we're we're being we're being walked toward a transition. That we've we've been taught that the master who had this, was male and has come back as a woman. And then we saw another Time Lord do it. So uh, now Peter Capaldi is leaving. So mm-hmm. uh, one, two, you, three, it's perfect drop. And you, you, know, have, that, and you have Clara uh, having her own TARDIS. Yeah, with, Ooh, yeah. with, the, with me. With me, exactly. <laughs> no, so, no, with me. Uh, uh, yeah. with you? No, she went with me. No, she went with me. No, it was me. No, it was me. You're right, it was me. Uh, me. Me and Clara. Keep out of the way, you lot. It's always been me and Clara. Precisely. You know, I, I, I've got to throw this in real quick before I forget it, because if I don't, I will totally forget it. But in the current issue of the Avengers comic book, there is a scene, I kid you not, um, with Spider-Man having a conversation with Thor. And Thor had gone into the future and gotten a future version of Thor's hammer. And Spider-Man looks at Thor and says, do you watch Doctor Who? Thor says no. And Thor says, I mean, Spider-Man says, well, I think you need to leave your uh, hammer here uh, so you can find it, you know, it's that wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff, or something to that effect. Hmm. I was like, very clever. So wonderful, yeah. Next generation, Star Trek: The Next Generation, though, uh, 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 stuck its toe in those waters too, of leaving things to be found in the future and so on. Yeah. But, uh, but, but even just rever- you know, referring to, have you ever watched? You do you watch Doctor Who? Thor says no. Oh, yeah. That's a little hard to imagine, but sure. I, yeah. I love those little things. I'm, I'm watching Fringe on Netflix at the moment on Series 3, and uh, um, Leonard Nimoy uh, plays a character, and he, he, he comes in, and uh, this person goes into Leonard Nimoy, the cat character, and the character's name, William Bell, I think it is. Yes. Uh, and... and uh, she goes into his office and there's a stack of books and the most prominent one is Dr. Spock's book. <laughs> you know, the one yeah. that bringing up babies. Dr. Right. But it's a Dr. Spock. Um, the other Spock. Yeah. yeah. It's you're, you're, just FYI, Dave, you are, you're going to enjoy that as it goes along, as it gets further into the story. Oh, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, uh, I'm sort of doing about three or four episodes a night. Enjoying it. Meanwhile, 
We may have already said all we can say about these these episodes. We, we, yeah, without doing the whole reviews now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we'll bookmark this for for a future return. What I like to do, you know, before we do a a complete series review is, um, since it's been, you know, as Lee had mentioned, you know, it's been some time that we watched these episodes since they were broadcast. Um, Maybe we can start rewatching them again and then do a series review and kind of get freshened up on them a bit at some point. Mm. (laughs) By the time we we got a year, we have like. It's true, yeah. And then we, talk about, we've got to talk about something, don't we? Yeah. Well, and then we there's a lot of classic stories that we still have to tackle too. So, um, you know, this year, this year of hiatus, if you will, you know, it you know shouldn't really impact us too much because there's so much. I mean, that's what's great about Doctor Who. There's so much material out there, so much um, that's already you know in Doctor Who history, past you know episodes as well. But then there's. Um, there's a big finish. There's audio dramas. There's books. There's, um, mm-hmm. I, I believe there's probably a, a comic book and yeah, and there's comic books. Yeah, lots of comics. Lots of several doctors. Yeah. Hmm. So there's um, there'll still be plenty of stuff to to talk about, and um, you know, so we'll be here. I'm especially looking forward to talking about some um, classic classic Who again. Same here. Encourage people to run out and. Track down the DVD of Planet of the Spiders or whatever, and uh, you know. Well, actually, I think in in fandom they've uh, they they better embraced it. I mean, we've because to heavens, we've been back eleven years with Doctor Who. I mean, de- people have steeped themselves mm. in Doctor Who and and have gone back to the classic thing. And then uh, maybe this this one year will um, you know their uh, habits will be that they've got to find something to watch. Uh, I mean, don't get us wrong. I mean, there are some, there are some episodes of Doctor Who that, you know, uh, it's almost a duty to watch through again rather than a pleasure. But um, you know, there's a small number of episodes, really, as your destruction. Uh, that small number of ones, <laughs> really, most of them, brilliant. You know, watch the Aztecs and things like that, and, right. uh, and I bet Lee can watch. Uh, some brain of somebody. I don't know what it is. One of them. It's my favorite. <laughs> I do wonder how many people... I, I think Kyle asked this question in here once before. That, that how many uh, sort of new fans watch School Reunion and then kind of came away saying, right. well, that was a lot of fun. Okay, now who was that? And mm-hmm. then, yeah, and then, then did their homework and, yeah, and uh, came away as Sarah Jane fans like like Me. 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 Well, in the BBC, just as uh, well, sorry, in the UK, there are two channels now, uh, free to view channels, showing classic Doctor Who. Mm. Where two, three years ago, classic Doctor Who wasn't on TV. You know, it 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 it, yeah. it, it had been on uh, a channel called UK Gold, and they were showing it endlessly. Mm. But that was prior to Doctor Who coming back. And then it was almost as though the BBC wanted to distance itself from classic. They wanted to say, no, 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 this is not the wobbly sets, Doctor Who. This is the new spanky yeah. brew, you know. And there was a distance. And, and the embracing of uh, classic has come uh, in maybe the last three years. Not just now, but maybe in the last three years. Hmm. Maybe Capita Capaldi even. I mean, 
I think Peter Capaldi, not only being a great doctor, he's been an ambassador uh, because whenever he's... I've seen clips of him talking on these conventions, you know, and, and David Tennant to some extent, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they, they have embraced it. And uh, maybe even things like um, the uh, the five-ish doctors uh, has given uh, <laughs> some credence to it. And, and of course, the very famous Sylvester McCoy. I'm, I'm in Lord of the Rings, you know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch Five-ish Doctors again. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great, yeah. <laughs> you really are from outer space, aren't you? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes. And now you have to put a link on the show notes, too. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> so you, if if I understood you right, Lewis, you were saying that you um, have built, or that you have been contemplating building a database, or uh, well, I started a, 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 sorry, a database on a, on a website uh, yeah. of episodes that we've, um, and I, I just need to complete it. It's um, I, we ran into some. Uh, technical problems with it but then um so it was a database of on it that was that would be that will once it's completed be accessible to visitors to our website where they could see um they could access all our reviews because we reviewed you know dr Pachak is now um it's this this summer is going to be 11 years old and we're um you know in that those 11 years we reviewed quite a few episodes so if you were let's say watching some older episodes and you want to see what we had to say about it you can um, click on the episode title, uh, you know, the story title that that you're watching, and find our review. Because obviously, in those eleven years, we weren't reviewing them chronologically. We just, you know, we had picked an episode. Sometimes, you know, we could go from the the fourth Doctor to, you know, the the, the first Doctor or, or the fifth Doctor to the third Doctor, and you know, it's it wasn't sequentially. It's it's all over the place. So um, the database will list all the episodes in. Um, chronological order when they were broadcast um, that's that's and then you can pick the you know find the episode or um, or possibly I, th- I think that's how I was doing it um, you, you it, it, either that or by um, alphabetically so if you had a particular title of a story that you could just you could just um, find it I think it was I it, it's been a while it was a couple of years ago that I started it and then it was um, we had a technical problem and I had stopped and I need to get back to it so I'm trying to remember how how I um, I was doing it. but I think I'm pretty sure it was by episode number and you know chronologically when it was broadcast I think if I remember you switched to a blackboard in chalk at that time <laughs> it might have been better Run, yeah. you clever boy <laughs> and be what you really you need a um, a volunteer, some loyal listener who would like to go back and listen to three hundred and thirty five hours <laughs> and just sort of you know make notes on a spreadsheet as they go through. Yeah, so. <laughs> we want for the for the tenth anniversary. We want to do sort of like a you know best of eclipse, but I I, I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> imagine having to go through all that and pull stuff out. Right. It was just such yeah. a massive project. Um, I think Kyle volunteered to do it, but um, I wouldn't. I, that was actually he's mad. Brilliant. No, but then he no, came, then he regained his senses and <laughs> the, the 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 wine wore off. Or... Yeah, so you're going to save it for the 20th anniversary instead. Yes, the 20th, I've already started. Okay. Oh, oh, you only have 700 do? episodes to listen. While you're doing that, Kyle, you can go through 900 hours of Colton. Oh, 
Almost, I'm, I'm on 850 right now. <laughs> this is like breaking through that diamond wall in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eat, sleep, die. Eat, sleep, die. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vision uh, Kyle listening to all these podcasts as, as his skulls are filling up the, the moat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant picture. Uh, Sorry, Kyle, but uh, what an image! <laughs> oh, wow. I just took my ears out while I was while I was listening. So there you go. <laughs> Perfect timing. Have we done all the damage here? We can do. Yes, we did. So, um... <laughs> so this dust on the floor. <laughs> Bird? What does that mean? <laughs> but I, I I do want to remind people that we do want to hear from you. So. Um, even though the Pachak public call box is slightly on hiatus until that comes back, but we still want to hear from you. So uh, send your feedback to feedback at net. And as always, um, since it's a, um audio show, we prefer that you record something audio-wise and send it to us. But we'll take your emails as well. Um, many people that have smartphones can do this very easily by creating a voice memo on their phone. And then just emailing it from, um, you know, you can share that voice memo um, via email and send it to feedback at net. That's probably the easiest way to do it um, until we get the call box back and sh- back up and running. That will give you a phone number and you can call that and then you can just that works just like voicemail. You could just leave a message and we'll get it. Um, but we want to hear from you, so please um, send in that feedback. And also just a call out. I know shows have been sort of sporadic from us, and I just want to um, give high praise to those that are supporting the show, the, the Dr. Upachak, um supporters. The, um, they're really, um, you know, those that, that stayed on board um, through, the, through our sporadic episodes. Um, you know, we can't do this without you. So um, really much appreciation to those um, because it does cost money to do these shows and um, it does help, you know, keep us going. Here, here. Okay, this is Lee again. Uh, this is a, a letter from Gary in Houston, Texas, that he sent to Podshock after the Series 8 review episode. So this is him chiming in on that discussion about everything that happened in Series 8. And uh, it's a lovely long letter that has some ideas in it that I think are of interest to us all. Um, it's the kind of thing that is um, fun to read but uh, might not be fun to listen to on the radio just because it's it's pretty long. Um, so I volunteer to take a shot at trying to um, jazz it up, maybe... Um, uh, I put some music behind it. Okay, so we'll, we'll see if this helps. Anyway, uh, dig in, folks. Here it is. Hello, Podshock hosts. This is Gary from Houston, Texas, and I would like to share a few of my thoughts and get some opinions from you for the series review episode of Podshock. The topic I had in mind was how do you feel the return of the master was handled in series eight versus how it was handled in series three? And which do you prefer? I personally have broken my opinion into four areas. 1. The series-long story arc leading to the reveal. Now, all series I've listened to and read the feedback on how some viewers are burnt out on nearly every episode having some sort of season-long story arc, as both Series 3 and Series 8 do with the Harold Saxon and the Missy Heaven story arcs, respectively. 
I personally have no problem with story arcs, but I can understand why some are tired of seeing them constantly. Regardless, both Series 3 and 8 had them, so which, in your opinion, was better? For me, it was Series 3. I think the subtle approach of just name-dropping Harold Saxon as an antagonistic force to the Doctor a few times throughout Series 3 was well handled, and not heavy-handed like the Missy-slash-Heaven arc was. So that's a point for Series 3 for me. 2. The stories featuring the return of the Master. The second area I'd like to look at are the stories in which the Master returned to New Who. Series 3's Utopia, Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords, versus Series 8's Dark Water and Death of Heaven. Regard, disregarding how the reveal of the Master actually happened, that's the next category, I much preferred Dark Water and Death in Heaven. In my opinion, these are much better episodes overall. I like Clara as a companion much better than I like Martha. I like how Clara's story was almost independent of that of the Doctor's versus Martha getting the whole world together to say the Doctor's name at once. I like the fact that the Doctor actually does things in Dark Water and Death in Heaven versus being a rapidly aged hobbit in Sound of Drums and Last of the Time Lords. And while I thought the story arc from Series 3 was handled a bit better... In terms of how it was presented up until the finale, I think the payoff of the story arc in Series 8, as well as the Woman in the Shop mystery from Series 7, worked much better than the Harold Saxon's The Master arc. Series 8's episodes are just better, in my opinion, compared to those of Series 3. So, a point for Series 8. 3. The Reveal of the Master the third area I wish to look at is how the actual reveal of the Master happened in Utopia versus Dark Water. In Series 8, many were theorizing that Missy could be the Master, so the actual shock value of her reveal is not what it could have been. And while I thought her reveal was still well played, especially regarding the Master's gender change and the moment when the Doctor feels her heartbeats, I think the reveal in Series 3's Utopia was much better handled. I wasn't watching Doctor Who when Series 3 aired, so I'm not aware of what was going on in the fan community and what the theories at the time were regarding Saxon. Nor am I aware if fans knew the Master was going to be in Series 3. So this is from the perspective of someone who watched Series 3 completely untainted a few years ago. But the way Utopia handled the return of the Master was just shocking. I loved Derek Jacobi's difference in performance both before and after he learned of his true identity. Fantastic acting by him. It's a pity he couldn't have just stayed the master. I loved how the reveal both tied in the fob watch equals Time Lord from Human Nature and Family of Blood from earlier in the season, as well as the face of Bo's last words, You Are Not Alone. Y-A-N-A, Professor Yana, and lastly, the Doctor's reaction to the reveal. David Tennant's shock at Martha telling him about the Time Watch, and a few moments later at learning Yana is the Master, was much better than Capaldi's reaction to being told face-to-face by Missy. I love both reveals, but I think the way it was handled in Utopia was so much better. So, point for Series 3. 4. The Master Themselves the last category to look at is the portrayal of the master, him or herself, and whether or not you prefer John Sim as the master versus Michelle Gomez's take on the character. And I don't think I'm the only one who will say that they like Michelle Gomez quite a bit better than John Sim. I don't hate John Sim's master, but I much prefer Gomez's 
quiet and refined yet evil and insane take on the master versus John Sims just plain crazy take on the master. This is a point for series eight in my book. I think if Derek Jacoby had not regenerated and had stayed on as the master, then not only would series three have gotten this point, but it would have made Sound of Drums and Last of the Time Lords a whole lot better. I'm not trying to throw stones at John Sim. I don't hate his master. I liked his portrayal in The End of Time better than in Series 3. But Michelle Gomez's portrayal and the way the character was written is better in Death and Heaven than it was in Series 3. So, we have a tie. Two points to each. The Return of the Master in Series 3 versus that in Series 8 each have areas in which they excelled and in which they faltered. I just thought it would be an interesting thought experiment to compare the two and see what others and you think. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this issue. Gary from Houston, Texas. So what is your take on this? Let us know. We want to hear from you. Send your feedback to feedback at podshock.net. Well, until next time then. Oh, and well, let's, uh, before we sign off, let's, um, I, I need to, uh, Remind everyone that Dave and Ian's not here today, but Dave and Ian and others are on the Cultum Collective every... Well, now it's not every Sunday now. Is, is it once a Sunday, once a month Sundays? Yeah, we've, we've gone to once a month. Uh, it's the last Sunday in every month. We've just done one today called uh, episode uh, 307. Although we actually have done over 560 episodes, but uh, 180 of those are commentaries. But, uh, yeah, um, we... We talked about uh, we talked about Doctor Who things, but we also were covering because um, we do cult TV as well. We were talking about the Oscar film nominations and speculated on what might win. And as we do this, I know I say I can't do two things at once, but I'm actually following a uh, a text feed on uh, what's happening in the uh, in the Oscars at the moment. Makeup and hairstyling, Mad Max Fury Road. There you are. Oh, yeah. That's a spoiler for you. We forgot to mention that while we were recording this, uh, it's the Academy Awards tonight. So we're competing with the. Well, it's not. We're, we're not doing this live. So um, we're not really competing with them. Just. I'm just taking you guys away from the, the Academy Awards if, if, if you care to watch it. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you are. Uh, I'd rather be doing yeah. this. Yeah, same exactly. here. <laughs> same here, Lee. <laughs> It's, um, exactly. All right. And um, but uh, speaking of Dave and podcasts, Dave and I also do a uh, um, a podcast with Jeff and others. Um, it's a um, a trivia pod a, a, tri- a trivia podcast called um, Friday Night Quizmasters, and we just did one last Friday, which I hosted. And um, but you can catch that on Talkshoe every Friday night at nine p.m. And, and that's uh, one one three six four five six. And uh, you were brilliant on that, the last round especially. Ah, uh, oh, yes, thanks. Even if only for the last round, listen to it. Well, you you have to get the text to get the URLs because um, I, I, I we took I, I took everyone on the show around the world literally using um, Google Maps and um, Street View on Google Maps and found all these little oddities, so really interesting stuff that you could find on Google Maps. That was part of the. Um, that was part of the, the, the trivia was, or the, the, the questions was that you had to find, I, I gave a clue and you had to actually, it was like, um, egg hunt. You had to find what I was referring to. And, and there was oh, cool. all yeah, these kind of oddities that, that, yeah. that I, um, sourced out on Google maps and not to be outdone. I think 
Kyle, you might have something to um, to shed some light on as far as podcasting goes. Yes, Lee and I kind of felt a little bit um, that we were lacking in the podcast category uh, since we're doing the whole Oscar things. We wanted to have another category that we were also included in. So as of today, uh, the first episode of a pod shack Lee and I are doing along with one other person. His name is Clarence Brown. He, We are doing something called Discussing Who. Now, contrary to the name, it does not include just Doctor Who. We'll also be doing uh, comic books as well as science fiction, mostly comic book-related science fiction. And uh, like I said, first episode's out on SoundCloud right now, and I will post the... Um, iTunes link as soon as it's available. I'll put that up on the Podshock page. And Lee, if you want to add anything to that, not at all. Except that I had a I had a great time recording that first one with you guys, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun. It so, was. It was a lot of yeah, fun. We, so, um, we learned. We don't know if anyone things. else will be entertained. We don't know if anybody else will care to hear it. But but, but we enjoyed each and, other's yeah, we company. Did. We're looking forward to hearing it. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And not to be confused with di- disgusting Doctor Who, which is a no, podcast all about the hor- the horror and gore of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I suggested that we that we might run into trouble with the name "discussing Who" because if you say it fast, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's an idea for an episode for us to do. Is the there you go? You know, top ten most revolting things on the Doctor Who. I can think of some candidates right now. Well, we got a Halloween episode can, for you. That's right. The, yeah, the Candyman can. <laughs> <laughs> Fear her. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, as always, it's been a pleasure. The same here. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for everyone's participation. So until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifernMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. 